the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Uh, I'd like to welcome you to a new episode of our podcast, Let Us Reason. This is Al Fadi, and if you're joining us today, just like last week, we are doing a live show right now on Facebook, and we have a lot of wonderful people who are joining us to comment and also to ask questions. And the topic is a continuation of what we shared last week, which is going through a survey of a number of these Facebook posts that we have on our page, alfadi.sira, and we wanted basically to give the rationale behind why we had posts like this, why we had posts like bit, uh, like this, basically. So, uh, last time I ended with this post, it says, The Dilemma of Islamic Counterfeits. And if you're watching us live right now, you can see it on the screen. And this uh, post says, The Quran speaks of a fake Jesus who is called Isa, yet he is not Yeshua or Yeshua, the Son of God. Now, there's a lot of things here to be discussed. First of all, the Jesus of Islam... In Arabic, his name is Isa, not Yeshua, as in the Arabic Bible, or Yeshua, as in the Hebrew, basically. Now, where did this name come from? No one knows. There are theories. I'm going to share a couple of them with you, and some of them even might make you laugh, actually, because I tend to believe that that probably would happen. One of those is that just probably Muhammad could not really pronounce the uh, Greek way of saying Iso, okay? Iso. So he just called it Isa, probably, or maybe he heard it this way. That's one of the most benign theories. But the other theory is that the Jews, simply because we're messing with him, or for whatever reason, and because the Jews do not like Jesus, and because they know that Jacob and Esau, in the Old Testament, right, Jacob and Esau, in the New Testament, the Lord has a brother. His name also is James, which is Jacob, by the way. In Arabic, Yaqub, and in Hebrew, Yaqub. So they were messing with Muhammad and saying, oh, you know, this uh, Jesus of the uh, Christians, actually his name is Esau. And they're basically mocking the fact that he is the one that was rejected by God. He's the one that did not have the blessing of the firstborn and so on and so forth. So that's probably one of the reasons why he heard it also Esau. It's quite possible. I cannot really affirm or deny, but what I'm saying is this Jesus that a Muslim will tell you, I love Jesus and we honor him, is nowhere to be found in the Quran actually. It's not our Jesus. Now granted the Quran does attribute to this Isa, the virgin birth, attribute to him amazing, uh, basically, ministry and miracles, including creating birds and breathing life into them. But I want to be fair and say he is not the Jesus of the Bible, because the Jesus of the Bible, Yeshua, Yeshua of the Bible, 
is the Son of God. The Quran denies that he's the Son of God. He is God incarnate. The Quran, while in chapter 4, verse 171, says that he is the Word of God casted into Mary and born as the, the Messiah, Jesus, son of Mary. That's incarnation. The Muslims deny this completely. So we cannot say that he is the exact same one. The Jesus of the Bible came to die for our sins. The Isa of the Quran was a coward, did not die on the cross, ran away from the cross, and actually asked others to take his place. My goodness, that's not the Jesus that came to die. The Jesus who rebuked basically Peter when Peter says, Far be it from you, Lord, that you will be captured by the Gentiles and tried and killed and rise again on the third day, whereby Jesus looked at him and says, Get behind me, Satan, meaning you are a hindrance to my ministry. That's the Jesus that I follow. The Jesus that says, Let's go. Where? To Jerusalem, to the cross. That's the Jesus that we follow. Not the Jesus that ran away from the cross. That's a joke Jesus, actually. That's the Jesus you just, you know, basically, you read his story and you eat, uh, basically, some mix, basically, peanuts and drink tea. That's the Jesus that the Quran presents. Not the Jesus of the Bible, who was brave, who came to destroy Satan, to crush the head of the servant, and to save humanity from their sin. The Jesus that is described to be the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the Jesus that is called the Lamb of God who take away the sin of the world. The Jesus that is here to basically save all of humanity from their sin and give us eternal life. That when we hear his voice, we basically have eternal life. That we have passed from death to life. That's my Jesus. That's the one that I follow. Not the Jesus that is called Isa. I don't know who Isa is. That's amazing, basically. This Asa basically was digging a hole for himself and hiding his head in the sand. That's not the Jesus that we follow. We follow a whole different Jesus, technically speaking. All that to say, let us continue basically with our explanation here. Now, another thing about this Asa that is a counterfeit, that supposedly he's the one who ascended to heaven and just left people behind. He has a mission that is incomplete. My goodness, my Jesus finished. He says, it is finished. Which part of is it finished wasn't clear. I finished basically. It is complete. He told this to the Father. I made you known to them in John 17, 26. I made your name known to them. It is finished. That's what the Lord that I follow said. Not this Esau that sadly was a coward. Is an invention by Satan. A counterfeit to the real one. With the real Jesus in the Quran, please stand up. That's the one we want. He is nowhere to be found. He is nowhere to be found. So let us move on now to another post. And we will go ahead and uh, unpack that one as well. Here's another post that you can see projected before you on the screen. It says, why Muhammad is in the hellfire now. Meaning, I'm trying to prove to you that Muhammad cannot be a prophet sent to heaven. Why? Because he denied that Jesus is the only way to heaven. If Muhammad denies that Jesus is the only way to heaven, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, meaning no one makes it to heaven except through me. So I don't know really how in the world can Muhammad be in heaven. He denied this. You cannot really deny the key into heaven and say, I'm going to beat you in heaven anyway. You don't have the keys to get there. Sorry. I'm really sorry. I feel bad for you. 
But the problem is Muhammad himself in chapter 46 verse 9, he says, I do not know what's going to happen to me or to you. Man, can you imagine the leader who is leading 1.6 billion Muslims today telling him basically, you're on your own. I really don't know where I'm going and I don't know what's going to happen to you. But by the way, keep praying for me for the forgiveness of my sin and pray that I will be granted that high place in heaven. He wasn't sure. The man wasn't sure about anything that he was doing. And yet he has somehow leaders, uh, he has followers to follow him who have no clue where he is now. And they believe that they going to make it to heaven. If the guy doesn't even know he's going to heaven, how do you know that you're going to make it to heaven? Please, please think with me. Think with me. By the way, this is the name of a new series that will launch at some point. We're going to call it Think With Me. Will be questions like this. Very short and sweet. We want you to think with us and see for yourself that there is a problem with this, uh, these teachings and those uh, delusions that you're being fed, sadly, by people who claim to be the learned ones, the leaders of Islam, when in fact they themselves don't have a clue where they're going anyway. Again, if you're joining us right now, this is Let Us Reason. I'm your host, Al-Fadi. I want to thank you for uh, your uh, continuous uh, support and encouragement. And uh, you are listening to a special podcast, basically, because this show is being aired live right now as we speak from our studios into Facebook. And later, it will be shown also in our YouTube channel, Sira International. And we encourage you to become a subscriber at our YouTube channel, Sira International. That's with a C as in Charlie, C-I-R-A International. We also encourage you to become a Patreon patron and give to our ministry if the Lord puts it in your heart, as little as $1 or as much as the Lord puts it in your heart. You can also give a one-time gift through PayPal. And if you want to do more, if you want to do more, we want to know how to become a constant supporter as well in a different way, contact me directly through our website, sirainternational.com. My email is very simple. It is my name, alfadi at sirainternational.com. And we can interact with one another and give you ideas about how you can support our ministry. I like to kindly ask our, um, uh, you know, basically um, amazing team here in the studio to uh, show us if there's any uh, meaningful uh, questions here. Uh, there is a question right here. I see it in front of me by, um, I, I, ha- I hope I'm not butchering your name, uh, Rancodas, or, or I believe it's Rancodas. Um, it says, what about the claims that Muhammad was mentioned in the Bible? Yet according to them, meaning the Muslims probably, this same Bible they are using to prove the coming of Muhammad has been corrupted. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with your logic. You see, you're using a logical argument, not a logical fallacy. You cannot tell me a book is corrupt. By by the way, my prophet is in this book that is corrupt. It's confusing. It doesn't work this way. But they claim, of course, that many passages in the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, you know, passages like Deuteronomy 18.18, passages that are found in Isaiah, uh, passages that are found basically in Habakkuk, by the way, and passages that are found also in the New Testament by our Lord Jesus Christ about the Comforter, the Holy Spirit in John 14, John 15, John 16. Somehow they apply to Muhammad. They even go to Ecclesiastes, uh, I should say, the Songs of Solomon, and they will say, well, wait, the name Muhammad actually, Muhammadim, Uh, is found in there, which has nothing, nothing to do with his lovely character. Not at all. Nevertheless, you know, that's the kind of stuff, basically, that we deal with. And yet, at the same time, they will tell you, in the same setting, 
If you try to prove the divinity of Christ, your Bible is corrupt. You try to prove the cross, your Bible is corrupt. Man, you just told me that Muhammad is in the same Bible. Oh, just that part about Muhammad hasn't been corrupted. That is amazing. I tell him basically take a highlighter and a copy of the Bible and highlight all the corrupted passages or the uncorrupted passages and let us see how you can reach this conclusion. And in fact, I ask a question. Do you know of a single Islamic scholar who did a PhD on proving that parts of the Bible is corrupt and parts of the Bible are not corrupt and that these are the corrupt parts and these are the not corrupt parts? I'm not aware of any. Wouldn't that be a worthy cause? Of course, you can do it because I doubt you're going to find anybody who's going to go along with this without any evidence to support these kind of claims. It's an emotional argument. It's a brainwashing argument, technically speaking. Now, we have Mosey um, uh, Saukera says from South Africa, we can hear you loud and clear. Well, that's amazing. Even in South Africa, you can hear me. I would love to be in South Africa one of these days. And I know that Jay uh, goes there all the time. He had many debates in there as well. And so, um, you know, praise the Lord, of course, uh, for you and your ministry. And that's the land where Ahmad Didat comes from. That's where Ahmad Didat, they basically the prolif, uh, you know, the renowned uh, Islamic debater until we showed up. And then he's basically nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found whatsoever. Um, it's really interesting. You know, I have, a, I have a person that always loves to call me uh, when I'm doing basically Facebook Live. And somehow, somehow this friend thinks that, you know, just calling me because I have to drop everything and talk to him. So we got interrupted for a second. I apologize for that. It wasn't intentional. But anyway, nevertheless, uh, let's go now and continue to scroll and see if there is any other comments. If there is any other comments that um, we would like to maybe examine or maybe there are questions uh, or anything to that extent. Please, we encourage you to send us comments or send us questions. While you're doing this, uh, at the same time, I want to welcome those of you who have just joined us at Let Us Reason. This is Al-Fadi, and we are doing this special Let Us Reason episode. It's based on a live show that is being done right now from our studio on Facebook Live, and later, hopefully, you'll listen to it also in our archived list, and at the same time, hopefully, you can watch it on our YouTube channel, Sira International. Mary is saying... What is the main thing a Muslim should do when comparing Isa to Jesus of the Bible? That's a good question. I mean, they have to be, first of all, any Muslim who would like to make this comparison, I pray and I say, you need to be honest in doing this comparison. We start with the name. Start with the name. The name Yeshua or Yeshua means Yahweh is, Yahweh Sava, uh, uh, meaning Yahweh is salvation. Okay? Yahweh Shabbat basically, is Yahweh is salvation. That's what his name is. The name Jesus in the Bible, in the, in, in the English translation, will say, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. Right there. Case closed. Simply because Isa was never introduced this way. Tell me what is the meaning behind the name Isa. If you can tell me, at least I would understand. Nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. The name Jesus right there is powerful. And on top of this, Jesus has a mission. He came from heaven. Isa of the Quran supposedly did not come from heaven, even though I can argue from the Quran that that's not the case. But let's use the Islamic argument. He didn't come from heaven. He was born when the Bible says he created all things. 
He created all things. He wasn't created. The Quran says he's created when he was born. The Bible says he came to be born. In other words, he pre-existed before his birth. Here is case in point. Isaiah 9 verse 6. A child is given to us. Uh, I mean, a child is born. A son is given to us. The son who pre-existed before the birth as a child entered into humanity time and with humanity when he was born as a child, but he pre-existed. In the beginning, the Word, right? And the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh, okay? In Galatians 4.4, 4, in the fullness of time, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the law. And in verse 6, because you are the sons of God, God sent the Spirit of his Son. That's what I mean, pre-existed, pre-existed. Now, we are going to look at uh, another comparison. The Jesus of the Bible has the gospel written on his account. The Jesus of the Quran or Isa supposedly has a book called the Bible given to him. I don't understand it. That's confusing. If the gospel is uh, about Jesus, why would he bring a book about himself if he's teaching others? So these are the kind of uh, you know simple things you can look at. And you'll see right away that there is vast difference between the two. Vast difference between the two. Let's see if there is any other comments. Any other comments? Uh, we have uh, a comment here. Uh, says, yeah, we're all enjoying your show here in every country in Africa. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, I am so excited that uh, our shows are making it that far. I am watching this from Senegal. Uh, it's, it's an amazing country, by the way. I remember uh, meeting with a, a gentleman who's from Senegal, very well-educated person, and sadly, uh, he wasn't buying the need for Christ, even though the gospel was shared with him by me and many others. Wonderful person, wonderful family, genuine, uh, basically, person. But sadly, he bought into the lies of Islam. And then the commentary say, I am a Nigerian, though. Uncle Jay Smith has been here once or twice as well. I will tell Jay when he's with us here in May, and I will share this also as well with him. Hopefully this week he will be encouraged by this. And I'm not going to call him uncle myself. He will call me uncle. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, he is definitely uncle because of all of the white hair that he has. And I will make sure that he hears that as well. So thank you for the comment. Uh, now, uh, let's see if there's any other, uh, basically, uh, comments. Um, uh, yeah, there is a comment saying that Mary, the mother of Esau, is the uh, sister of Moses and Aaron. That's true. That's what the Quran says. Introduce Mary, the mother of Jesus, confuse her with Miriam. 1,300 years earlier, Miriam, the sister of Moses and Aaron. I mean, that's another thing that is really laughable. Laughable. How can the all-knowing God mess up something like this? How can the God who actually sent Moses as a deliverer doesn't even know the difference between his sister and the mother of Jesus, Mary? Because in Arabic, her name is Miriam as well. Okay, well, once again, this is Let Us Reason, and at the same time, a Facebook Live. And if you're joining us as a listener to Let Us Reason, we are doing uh, the usual Facebook updates. I do this on my Let Us Reason periodically to keep my followers and my listeners updated on the things we do, whether video series or uh, Facebook posts and the rationale behind it. We are doing a survey here about some of my posts, most recent posts on Facebook to explain why I ask questions like this. Let's go to basically another uh, one of those Facebook posts. This one says the same thing. 
as part of a series that we called Why Muhammad is Not in Heaven. It's the reverse of saying why Muhammad is in the hellfire, basically. It says here, only in Christ, as you will see it in front of you if you're watching us live, only in Christ one is saved. Jesus says lawbreakers will be thrown into hell in Matthew 13, 41. The prophet of Islam broke every single one of the Ten Commandments. I'll give you a handful of those. God says, do not take any other gods before me. He introduced a foreign god. In Deuteronomy chapter 13, verses 1 to 3, it says that if a dreamer dreams and basically tells you, and the dream comes to pass basically, but he is telling you about a foreign god, that he is a false, basically, prophet. Muhammad did that. Uh, the Bible says, do not take the name of God in vain. Muhammad always invoked the name of God and taught even his followers to invoke the name of, uh, name of God in vain, basically. Many times, Muslim will swear to you whether they mean it or not. That's taking the name of God in vain. The, Sabbat, the Shabbat, basically, or the Sabbath, uh, basically is a sign between God and his people. Muhammad did not honor that, technically speaking. Jesus always introduced himself as the Lord of the Sabbath. Muhammad actually decimated that completely, came up with his own and his own rule, and so on and so forth. Honoring your father and mother. While I would agree that Islam does teach about honoring your father and mother, honoring the mother in particular, but also Islam taught that you ought to kill your parents if they stand in the way of you following Muhammad. We're not talking about what Jesus says he came to create a divide. He never says that we ought to kill them, but he says that they will reject you on account of my name. That's a whole different story. We know this. I am one of those people that have suffered from this, but Jesus told me this in bold letters. He did not hide it from me. He asked me to count the cost. Now, another thing, you shall not kill. My goodness. Muhammad participated in many battles and killed many of his critics and sent people in campaign to kill Jews and Christians as well. And another command, you shall not steal. Many times, the first battle, official battle between Muhammad and the infidels, the Arab infidels, the Quraysh basically tribe, was because he raided their caravans and took uh, spoils from it without having any right to do so. He said that his God told him it's okay to do it. How can the God who says you, you shall not steal somehow allows you to go and steal now and do things like this to provoke a battle? Here's another one. You shall not commit adultery. Well, Muhammad says that it's okay for a man to marry up to four wives and he married 13 in some accounts, basically, or married at least more than four. That's idolatry because the God of the Bible says, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave into his wife and the two become one body. Not the four become one body, the three become one body. Muhammad ordained idolatry. He even basically lusted after, uh, that's another command, which is uh, you do not uh, uh, covet, uh, you know, your neighbor's wife, for instance, or his belongings. He lusted and coveted after his adopted son's wife, Miriam, the cop, uh, basically, I should say, uh, 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 Zainab, I should say, Zainab bin Tujahsh. And his son, basically, Zaid, uh, he basically lusted after her and caused them to divorce her. And we was, uh, when he was asked why and how could you do something like this, that is shameful act, he said, oh, because God wanted to nullify adoption. What a lame excuse, actually. I mean, the answer is even worse than the crime itself. You're telling me the God of Islam couldn't send a verse, say, adoption uh, moving forward is nullified? I mean, how hard is it to do something like this? I, here you go. I just inspired a verse. says adoption is nullified. Can you take it and add it? I mean, it's so simple to do things like this. 
But that's what we are dealing with, basically. So these are some of the things that I mean, that he's a lawbreaker, and my Lord says lawbreakers will not inherit the kingdom of God. My time is up for Let Us Reason, by the way. So I want to thank you again for joining us in yet one of those special episodes of Let Us Reason that we will continually add things like this every time we're in the studio. I'm thankful, of course, for your following. We ask you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Sira International, and also to consider prayerfully to become a Patreon patron and give to our ministry through Patreon, uh, as little as $1, as much as the Lord put in your heart, or even give through PayPal. Or if you want to give uh, uh, through other means, contact us through our website, Sira International, and we will discuss different options with you. Until we meet again with you as our Let Us Reason listeners next week, have a blessed day.